You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. The Braves have some new faces and decisions to make as they prepare for spring training. I am Allison Footer, and I am going to be joined in two seconds by Mark Bowman, who, of course, covers the Braves. Um, before we get into spring training, though, Mark, let's talk about um, one of the Braves coaches. So, uh, Eddie Perez. Uh, managing in winter ball in Venezuela, so um, some kind of some news that came out of there. What's going on with him? Yeah, he's, it's it's, uh, it's fun to see Eddie Perez has uh, has guided his team to to the uh, Venezuelan League Championship Series there. I have a best of seven series there with the, the Tigres de Arugua or Arugua, I think is a, a better way to say that. Um, anyhow, he they will. Uh, you know, I have, have a chance to. This team has a rich tradition. It's it's the team that he grew up watching. You know, during his childhood down there, and uh, it's just a great thrill for him that uh, his first year as their manager, he's guided them to the playoffs. And he was a guy who he has a you know for a long time. He's best known as Greg Maddox's you know personal catcher. You know, he caught more games than, from Greg Maddox than anybody else. And then he when Javi Lopez got hurt there in 1999. All of a sudden, surprisingly, Eddie Perez steps up and the, the NLCS MVP that year helped the Braves get to the World Series. And he's been a coach here uh, in Atlanta since 2007. You have to think there, there will come a time where he may get a chance to manage the big league level, and, and this certainly en- enhances his resume. You know, it's funny because I remember talking to some of the uh, Venezuelan and Dominican players when I was covering the Astros. I remember talking to uh, Raul Chavez right in the middle of the NLCS in 2004, and, and they were taking batting practice in St. Louis. And I don't know that there was any more pressure that I've ever seen on a team before. And he said, this is nothing compared to what we go through during the playoffs in winter ball. Um, yeah. is, he said, it is so intense and it is so stressful because people are really mad if you don't win. Um, and I don't know that we can really appreciate exactly uh, just how passionate it is during that time. No, I, I don't think so. I, I, and, I, you know, I think that – I think you even had a, a great experience. It wasn't necessarily the, the competition, but but just when you went to Puerto Rico last year, I think it is important for us to go and you know get a taste of of where you know what is what some of these players do experience you know on the road to the United States because it is a completely different culture you know and it, it, the games are a little bit different. The reactions to the, the wins and losses certainly we've heard that time and time again, like you said. Are different. Yes, the, the fans are here are, are passionate uh, in the United States, but it's a different kind of passion. I guess is the best way to describe it. And, and um, you know, I, I think you know, just even going to, I, I don't know, had you gone to Puerto Rico before when the Expos were playing there? No, that's my first time. It was last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, I, look, I realize it. It feels a, a lot like the U.S. there, and it wasn't a competitive atmosphere you were seeing, but it, it was cool to see kind of where some of these players are coming from. It, it, it allows you to understand the story a little bit better, I would think. Absolutely. And the thing about these winter ball games is uh, it feels, I mean, from what I understand, it's more like it's more like football as far as the fans being engaged. Like, we sit there and we, you know, we, we eat some popcorn, we chit-chat with our friends, we take in a ball game. Uh, but in these situations, it's people are on their feet, they're yelling and screaming and cheering the whole time. And um, it's very cool. Um but, okay, so let's move on to – so we're getting to know uh, some of the players right now. So we have a special little segment that we've titled Getting to Know You because we're very original. Um, and so let's get to know Ender Indiarte, who, of course, is um, one of the 
big pieces that they got back in the trade uh, for Shelby Miller. And um, 25 years old, and I find it you know, kind of funny that the Braves are still getting calls about him. So they have said like, they don't want to move him, obviously, but everybody wants him. So that's a pretty good situation for the Braves to be in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know even I think we've talked about this before. Even before uh, the Braves landed in Ciarte, the Indians were coming hard for him, and they that there was some thought that may, maybe the the Braves could flip him right away. You know, John Copalella kind of fueled that the night of the trade when he he told us, uh, you know, two hours after the trade was completed, basically said, "Hey, look, ten teams have already called about him." Well, you know, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but you, you've just thrown some gasoline on that story. And, and it, like you said, there's still some sparks to it. I, I, you know, my opinion is he still sticks around. You know, here's a talented outfielder who can run. He can, you know, he's uh, got a good arm. Can very versatile in the outfield. He could give you gold caliber, gold glove caliber defense. Um, and, and he's still very young in his career. He, the Phillies drafted him in the Rule Five draft. Uh, in 2012, he made their 2013 opening day roster. The, the second day of the regular season, I think they tried to slip it through, maybe hoping that uh, the Diamondbacks wouldn't want him back. Uh, but the Diamondbacks did take him back because it, the Phillies did not were not ready to carry him on their roster for that entire season. So that yeah, was probably best for Enciarte instead of sitting on. Philadelphia's bench most of that season. He continued his development at the Double A level uh, there with the Diamondbacks, and then burst on the scene. In 2014 had some success, and and as we know, uh, he truly made a name for himself this year. Where with um, you know once again showing good, strong defense and uh, some consistency at the plate. You know he, he showed proved that he can get 25 to 30 stolen bases. Um, so, hey, I, I think the Braves have realized they have something special and the fact that they can control them for the next five years. I, I think they would have to be to get a really, really strong return to give up on him right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't even see where – I mean, how – I don't think that there could be a strong return. I mean, everyday center fielder, leadoff hitter, slash line last year was 303, 338, 408. Um, and like you said, like he's arbitration eligible in, next, in 17 and then – the club controls until 21. I mean, at some point, I guess the Braves are really in a situation, though, where they they're just, they just never can think, okay, we're done, um, and now we like what we've got to be. I know they want to realistically start winning in, like, maybe just two more seasons, but this is a guy that you can kind of build around, not so much get rid of to get more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think, you, you know, you, you said it right away, we're Leadoff hitter and center fielder; those are not pieces that are easy to find. This guy fills right. two needs at the same time. If you do have Malik Smith, one of your prospects, if he becomes major league ready within the next first few months of the season, or even early next year, all of a sudden you maybe you move NCRT to right. You make a decision about Nick Markakis. Markakis will tell you a little bit about where he stands coming back from his second year back from neck surgery this year. You'll get a better feel, but. You know, don't don't give up on a piece like this because not only does he immediately strengthen it, but he also provides a versus some versatility that, that strengthens your depth for many years to come. One more quick question, I, and I, I like the story you had. Like, I mean, the Braves were obviously being lauded for the Shelby Miller trade for what they got in return, but the returns, some of that is coming later. They do have to piece together a rotation. They are playing in 2016, last I checked. So. Um, 
that they do yeah. have some decisions to make. Is that like the biggest, probably the, the the biggest area that they need to address is just how the starting rotation is going to shake out? Yeah, I mean, you know, leading up to that trade, you know, the the week or so we were talking, you know, there was constant chatter about will Shelby Miller be traded. You know, I wrote a couple articles, and I think I made it clear that I look this could be. You know, this could truly hurt this team for 2016 and 17. I, I didn't anticipate them getting the the strong return that they did. I'm not trying to say that I would have turned that that kind of uh, trade down because you know, with Shelby Miller, maybe this is a an 84 win team, and without him, maybe it's a 78 win team. You know, I'm, I realize that the and it may not even be that big of a gap. But what I'm saying is, you know, look, it wasn't going to be the difference between. Uh, playoffs and not making the playoffs, but at the same time, this is going. It is going to be tough to put together a rotation uh, this season um, because basically you have Julio Turon. You take a gamble on Bud Norris, and then all of a sudden you've got a bunch of different kids that you're going to try and fill in those final three spots. And as we go through the season, they are going to try to to get the Sean Newcombs and Aaron Blairs, so their prospects in that rotation. It'll be. Um, there will be a lot of fluidity uh, within that rotation. Um, I just see. I, I think that, that the fans are going to have to take a step back and realize that there will be, uh, you know, some some growing pains uh, that they're going to have to to watch these guys go through um, be, because there just aren't too many guys that, that reach this big league level have and, and have instant success. So um, that that goes back to what I've been saying all all along where. Yeah, we may start to see some signs of encouragement in 2017, but I think these guys have to get their legs under them, be in the rotation for a good year, year and a half before you start to see some of the fruits of the labor of all this rebuilding effort, to which leads me to believe this is a team that probably will not be a playoff contender again until 2018. Okay, we will keep our eye on that. Mark, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.